0: Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Columbus, Georgia, and it is time for the TT Time with Dr. Tarver is a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. So welcome everyone to this third week in June. As you know, June, we are celebrating our Black men, and we have been discussing all kinds of things related to Black men and mental health, uh, the law, We're going to be talking about barbershops today. We got into mental health counseling last week, and we're going to end the series talking about mental health of our Black male pastors. So without further ado, it is my sincere pleasure to introduce Reverend Stephen Garrett, who is a resident of Montgomery, Alabama, a powerhouse speaker, passionate entrepreneur, and Pastor, Having served the city of Tuskegee for over 15 years as the owner of the Resurrection Cuts Barbershop, he has a heart for supporting tomorrow's leaders through personal and professional development and building strong character that changes communities. Using the Pit View podcast, he speaks internationally on mental health, conflict resolution, and tools for a blessed intentional work-life balance. Pastor Garrett is also the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Missionary Baptist Church in Phoenix City, Alabama, where he has served for the past eight years. Happily married to his wife, Christina, who is beautiful and I just got a chance to meet. For 15 years, they are the homeschooling parents of five awesome children and if you caught us chit-chatting right before we started he was talking about making sure that one of those kiddos was good to go with his speech so he is doing all things parenting out here and raising these kids in a healthy environment streets so i know that you all are excited about this conversation i'm excited about this conversation as we get into barber shops safe and healing spaces for black men so pastor garrett welcome to tea time with dr tarver
1: thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure to be on here and just give a little insight on the area that uh i've been doing now for a little bit over 20 years
0: awesome i'm so happy to have you for our listeners and our viewers please make sure that you type in the chat if you have any questions or comments as we roll along but you all know i like to get going so let's get into it so pastor garrett there is a program that's called the confess project where barbers are trained to be mental health champions for black men who may be less likely to see a therapist which fits right in well with our conversation today, because we know that sometimes black men aren't always comfortable expressing themselves in the way that's comfortable for them in all settings. However, the barbershop creates an environment that often may encourage black men to talk about whatever, however, that yeah. comes to your mind. So what is about the barbershop that creates that space for black men?
1: I think it's knowing they're safe. Um... They're in a place where they have cultivated a relationship, but also it's something about community that allows others to open up. Uh, We'll have conversations in there about anything. And my barbershop particularly, uh, a lot of times I have a wide array of clientele. I have guys that's been in the street, guys that have put those folk in the street in the jail. <laughs> I have doctors, I have lawyers, I have a large rate. And many times I find them, especially when they're a new clientele, when they find out I'm a preacher, they're like, Oh man, I, I, my bad, my bad. And then when they find out that I want them to be transparent, I want them to feel safe. I want them to be able to have any conversation that they feel they need to have and not to think that there's a certain the quorum that they need to have around me outside of respect for others in that fit in that area they almost let loose i could tell you some stories that uh it's, it's almost a little bit like uh your profession what stay, stay is said in there has to be it has to stay in there and so uh but the truth of the matter is i think it's because they feel like there's a sense of community and that they're not the only ones that are dealing with what they're talking about.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love how you said what happens in this space stays in this space. So it's not like you're like my field, you are. Um, And and that is because one of the things that's really important for people is to be able to know they're not going to hear their business all out in the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. So when people are coming and being vulnerable, um, particularly when it may be difficult for them to be vulnerable in the first place, the last thing they want to have to deal with is now I got to come back over here and be closed mouth because y'all gonna be out here gossiping about me. So I appreciate that there is a spoken and unspoken culture of, hey, this is your space to say whatever. It's going to stay here among the brethren. I love that a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the truth of the matter is, we've had cases in my barbershop where that had to be addressed. Uh, Some years ago, a young man came in. uh, He was friends with a young girl uh, that uh, none of us knew or privy to what was going on outside. But he heard a joke that was said by another customer that I didn't know he was, the other customer was talking to the girl. Uh, Now he goes back tells a young lady and basically makes it seem way worse than Mm -hmm. what it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was nothing profane. It was Mm -hmm. nothing obscene, Mm -hmm. but he made it seem way worse. Mm -hmm. And so the conversation was brought into the shop, what had happened. And so I, as the barber uh, and the owner, I kind of addressed it. I said, man, listen, if you're going to come in here, uh, there are certain things that cannot leave." this space and even if you have and you know i'll call them out i was like even if you got a crush on this girl and you're trying to highlight her uh this is not a weapon uh that you can use this is not weapon material you can use uh or ammo this is uh an area where what is said you got to be willing to keep that stuff right
0: And who can call out men like other men? I mean, I think that's that's the importance too of being in that space is being able to recognize that I need to hold you accountable to a code that we have in here, which you mentioned respect. That's one part of that. But also this code of, People need to be able to come in here and be safe. And what we know about secondhand information from a thirdhand source is never going to be as accurate as when you hear directly a person say it. So you're adding your flavor and your spin, you know, probably because you might have been, like you said, have some other uh, motives that were driving (laughs) you. Um, But that can create a significant dynamic for people in here. And like you said, you have people who uh, are in the streets, as you say, as well as people who are protectors of the streets, and so like we got to be able to have some safety uh, in this group where what happens here stays here for everyone. This has to be that neutral safe space.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I and I and I think that kind of is a good segue into. Um, I know that you as a barber serve, as you mentioned, like, hey, I had I'm the owner and I'm the barber, so I had address some things directly myself. I know you serve in a variety of roles. Uh, Whenever you're the entrepreneur and you own the business, you create a role as owner of the business and dictate how this this business is is going to run. But also you are a person that administers some of the self-care to people. You are a person that is helping people come in this chair and feel better when they leave. So are there certain things that you do to try to make your customers Feel like they are able to communicate whatever they need to express, what they need to get accountability if they need to problem solving. How does your role work?
1: I think part of that comes with relationship building uh, in the self care process. Uh, it's it's amazing with men because I had a young man come to me maybe five months ago and he said something. I had been sick with cold, mm-hmm. and he said something. He said Stephen. Where were you? I said, man, I was sicking and out. And, I, and, and he's over there just going on and on. I had this to do. I had this to do. And I said, man, why are you acting this way? I told you I'm sick with COVID. He said, Steve, you don't understand. And what he said next messed me up. Mm. He said, you're the longest relationship I've ever been in. Oh, wow. He said, I've been coming to you for the last 15 years. Wow. I've never been in a relationship this long. Mm. And, and it, it, you know, it sounded strange, but then all the barbers started to think, and they were like, man, how many of our customers is that true for? Mm. That I have been in a relationship longer with you than I have my own wife.
2: Mm. And
1: so there's a level of where we can have conversation, and even then, making men feel safe about their self-care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had a young lady come in one day and she was like, oh, tell him to cut that beard off. This, 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 this. this. She was mm-hmm. just going on and on. I said, mm-hmm. listen, I said, and I've grown. I have become a lot better than I used to be. Mm-hmm. This was some years ago. So mm-hmm. I talk, <laughs> I used to be real bad. No one canceled me, okay? When I get ready to tell you what I said, because I have grown beyond that. Come on, girl. Girl. I said, listen, don't nobody tell you what color to color your hair or to get your weave. I said, let him do him. And then let's decide. I said, now if you don't like it, have a different conversation, but don't embarrass this man in, in the in the barber shop. I said, and so she felt some type of way. Oh, she was mad at me. Oh, I'm sure she but, was very hot with you. Yeah, she was very hot with me. But the reality was he felt even more safe mm-hmm. because he felt as if my his care was priority. Yeah. You advocated for him. I advocated for him. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't a way that he felt was disrespectful mm-hmm. to his girlfriend mm-hmm. because I didn't call out her name. Mm-hmm. I talked about something that I knew because I knew them both mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. And I kept it within those confines, but also advocated for him to be able to get what he desired. And then we always joke about these things uh, I always mess with guys. I said, now, listen, if you're going to get in trouble tonight, don't blame me after the haircut because, <laughs> you know, I'm going to make sure you look fresh. Mm-hmm. But I, we, boasted, we boost them up when mm-hmm. they are in that chair. You'll see the guy come out the barber chair. And you I'm sure you've seen it on yeah. TikTok videos but there's a spirit in the barbershop when there's Mm -hmm. a fresh haircut. Mm -hmm. Folks will stop and be like, man, you felt good today, didn't you? Oh, oh, man, listen, you're about... And so it makes them feel a part of confidence. They Mm -hmm. walk out that shop differently, Mm -hmm. not just because that haircut is good because they got a great haircut last week. I'm always going to give a consistent haircut. Mm-hmm. But it's something when you've been boosted up yes. about your haircut. Is I think women feel the exact same way. Oh, you yes. know when your hair is laid, you're like, come oh on, God, I, Come on. You better be careful today because I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but the,
0: the walk is different. The, the hair and,
1: is different.
0: You know, I like to match my hair to my outfits too. So it really...
2: Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> i am telling you, I think it, it does something to your spirit. though, And we often don't talk about black men and their hair in the same way that we talk about black women in our hair or your beards or, uh, you know, your goatees or uh, even the bald heads. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really talk in the same way. We, you know, everybody knows about women in our bundles and our wigs and our weave and our braids and our natural hair and our twists and our blowouts and all of that. But we don't necessarily recognize what that does for men. so let's talk about black men and their hair uh and their heads and their face um like why is that important what does that do to a man to be able to have himself groomed in a way that like you said you walk a little different stand a little different you look a little different when you come out of that chair
1: so i think it's it's i'll tell you a story and then i'll i'll get into it so i like a good story um years ago there was this young man gets into my barber chair mm-hmm. and he does not know what he wants okay uh he tells me what he wants uh he he specifically says a particular haircut
2: mm-hmm. he
1: says i want a ball fade he said i want it low i don't want the top low but i want a ball fade and okay. i want my beard blown out. so mm-hmm. that's what i did i'm talking about i got done with the haircut i loved it he did not want a ball fade he mm-hmm. wanted a taper Okay. He felt some type of way after that haircut. He did not like that haircut. Everyone he like told it. Him he did not like the haircut. Here's what happened. He gets up. All the barbers are like, man, that's a fire haircut. You could still tell he didn't like the mm-hmm. haircut. But he had made the mistake. Mm-hmm. I had went through the process of mm-hmm. asking what type of haircut Clarifying, he right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He goes outside. His girlfriend sees the haircut. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't care wherever you are, you are only going to him for a haircut. That's the mm-hmm. best you've ever looked. There's mm-hmm. another level of confidence mm-hmm. when a guy is uh, developed in a way mm-hmm. and he progresses from that haircut to see mm-hmm. the rewards of it. Yeah. And so I think there's, I, I we had just had a men's conference, men uh, prayer breakfast, but mm-hmm. father and son prayer breakfast. And one of the things that I said I said women cannot determine uh what a r- a real man looks like. Mm. I said but they can validate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And 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 so the haircut all these guys said man this is a phenomenal haircut that's 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 bomb that's this that's this. It wasn't until his girl mm-hmm. Freya saw that haircut and said, listen, I don't care where you are. Mm-hmm. This is the only person who cut your hair. He's done a better job than anybody else who's cut your hair. That mm-hmm. he walked with confidence. And here's, here's the amazing thing. From then on out, he's gotten a ball fade and mm-hmm. a beard. Mm-hmm. And so he, because he looked at it mm-hmm. and that level of self-esteem mm-hmm. was, was built at mm-hmm. that time. And the truth mm-hmm. of the matter is, we live in a society that is very social even though we try to act as if we're not, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh we're looking for the compliments. Mm-hmm. Uh Oh I, yeah, we but, love
0: some affirmation now.
1: We we, we love affirmation. It, right. it is what it is. Right. I, uh the other week here I had a um, I I used to have this uh coat machine in my barbershop. Young lady comes in with a sundress on. It's a b- field barbershop. This right for the ba- uh, pandemic. Not the other week, but right for the pandemic. Mm. Uh, she comes into the barbershop. It's a packed barbershop that day. She comes in goes straight to the Coke machine. She was a beautiful looking young lady, college mm-hmm. girl. She mm-hmm. comes in, walks back and forth a couple of times, and I bust out laughing after she walks out. And everyone said, why was she laughing? I said, she wanted to see if her dress yeah. was good. Yeah. I said, she wanted You're to looking, see if... She looking it. for some compliments. Said, she yeah. wanted yeah. to see if sure she looked good. Y'all said, are my audience. I said, after y'all two guys went and ran up after, I said, she got all the confirmation she needed. I said, wherever she was going, I said, she just got You were the mirror. And I said, that's what it was. And so uh, the reality was... Uh, I think the reality is, is we give a level of self-esteem to a guy Mm -hmm. in their, their darkest moments, Mm -hmm. uh, in, in their highlight, their highlights. Uh, there's a saying that, uh, I have to give credit to my mother, uh, Mm -hmm. that I say to my clients is that you see us to get you where you're going. Uh, we are seen in some of the darkest moments of black man's life. Mm-hmm. We're seen before the funeral. Yes, sir. Uh, we are seen before the job. Interview. Yes, sir. We are seen before the marriage. Mm-hmm. We're seen before the proposal. Mm-hmm. You seen
0: after uh, the breakup. We're seen uh, after, after the, the divorce.
1: And we're seen after the mm-hmm. divorce. Absolutely. And it is that time where mm-hmm. we, during those moments, that's the reason we coined the phrase where we bring your hair back to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original phrase was where we bring you back to life. Mm-hmm. Because... Resurrection. The barbershop is not just the place for you to get your haircut, but it's for you to get a transformation yeah. on so many other levels. And so for the beard, per se, our beards are almost like a woman with her hair mm. when it comes to like our, we don't, we care less about. Going bald for the most part, most men. Mm -hmm. There's some men that struggle with it. I'll be honest. There's some men that
0: I imagine it depends on how your head is shaped.
1: Yeah, it it does. It Mm -hmm. does. Some Mm -hmm. of them just don't believe they can handle it. Mm -hmm. That beard, when a man decides to grow a beard, Mm -hmm. we go through life changes like women go through life Mm -hmm. changes with their hair. I've had women come in, I'm chopping it all off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want it no more. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so what has made you come to this point? Are Mm -hmm. you going, is it for your, hair health Mm -hmm. or is it something else don't worry about it i'm chopping it off (laughs) that lets me know that it's not for hair health Mm -mm. Uh, you're you're chopping it off and same thing with a guy Mm -hmm. when i cut my beard off it's usually transformation time but Mm -hmm. i am so self. this is it this is an honest truth come on honesty i am self-conscious about my naked face Mm. so if i cut my beard the goatee's gonna like I do not like about not having face. facial hair. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you the last time I've seen my face, my own face mm-hmm. without facial hair. Mm-hmm. And so even if I'm going for a drastic change, if mm-hmm. I'm changing careers, I'm changing mm-hmm. uh, if I'm changing my mind on something, I'm trying to change my spirit about something, you might see the beard gone, but you're going to see this goatee. Goatee is going to be there. So, it's what is gold. it
0: about the facial hair? What does that represent for you?
1: It's a comfort. Okay. It's a comfort. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 almost a shield. It's something about a black man, and and I think military men have such a a, a, a level of confidence that is uh, uh, honorable, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there's something about the black man that is already a danger to society that's the best way to say it is mm-hmm. no other real way to say it mm-hmm. uh you know that's the perception in, yeah mm-hmm. it's a perception when i walk in the room still to this day pastor with a suit on it requires respect automatically mm-hmm. i don't know what it is mm-hmm. but i can be there for the same reason you are mm-hmm. but it requires people step back
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're wondering why am i in this yeah. space they are they're you, also yeah. want who to are help. you? Help. Mm-hmm. Who, who am I? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then with that beer, it is almost there's a old uh there's an episode of blackish.
2: Mm.
1: Uh I don't know if you've ever seen this episode, but it's with uh it's with Lauren Fishburn mm-hmm. as a grandfather, and he's mm-hmm. at this uh this art museum, and mm-hmm. he talks about the old black man mm-hmm. always uh seems to just inhabit wisdom. Mm-hmm. If he looks at a painting a certain way and says it's a certain thing everyone starts, oh, I can finally see that. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, you're mm-hmm. right. Well, that's the same thing with a beard with a black beard. Mm-hmm. Okay. It requires a level of respect. Okay. And I okay. think for most of us, that that's why we are so tight with our beards. Mm-hmm. And so
0: Hence it, the it, whole advocating for your client, like yes. let this man have. Because, and, and I think it's important because we don't recognize in the same way uh, because you know, we we have whole conversations about women and our hair, about our hair thinning, about alopecia, about uh, what happens when you get a perm and the damage, and the uh, what happens when you have to cut it. There's cancer, and I and I had to let it. Like we talk a lot about how hair uh, makes us feel with mm-hmm. different styles, as well as when it starts to leave us. We don't necessarily, I think, think about men's beards uh, in particular and what that may represent for you so we unfortunately may be saying hurtful things and not realizing that we're taking something away from you that's really important to you yeah. like I'm not just growing this beard to mess with you because you're like oh it's scratchy it's itchy um I'm growing this beard because it has some significance for me and you mentioned military me and one of the first things they do often when they get out of the military is they grow facial oh hair yep
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right and so I think, uh, in prime example, I cut so many military guys mm-hmm. and all of them doing that leave, they're growing their beard. Uh, I don't think one of my military guys that have been on leave for a particular amount of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially um, if they can get a good month in there.
1: Yep. And mm-hmm. then if they're in the military, the first thing they do is go see if they can get a doctor's note.
2: Mm-hmm. to
0: keep their
1: yeah, yeah. hair. I get and hair so, bumps, ingrown yep, hairs.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And for most Black men, you're going to auto- automatically get ingrown hairs. There's very few of us mm-hmm. that, that don't, at least in my experience, mm-hmm. that have not gotten ingrown hairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a few. They can take the raise. They can take about anything. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, most of them have some form of ingrown hair. Mm-hmm. So they're growing that beard out.
0: Which is also an important thing, right? We talked about the health of a Black woman's hair, like, oh, you're coming in for the health of your hair, you're coming in for transformation, you're um, at a different phase in your life, you want to have a different look, or, you know, this is, you're letting go of dead things. Mm -hmm. Uh, The same thing I think could be said for men's health, like, hey, when you grow a beard that allows your skin to be healthier, because you're not, getting these ingrown hairs and you get to learn how to take care of your beard in a healthy way because i know that's a process i know it's not just you grow hair on your face i know just like we as women have to moisturize and find the right things and balance for our uh texture and types of hair you all have to figure that out for your facial hair as well
1: yeah yeah and it's is in some ways that's even more difficult than my female clients because uh, it's just like oil with anybody's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you kind of s- try to stay away from excess oil on your face. But as your beard, you have to oil it because mm-hmm. it's just like your, the top of mm-hmm. your hair. And I tell my guys, I'm saying, especially those that are in uh, long relationships with their, their female friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, listen, find out what they're using. If you want to get good hair mm-hmm. products, find out what your girl is using and start there and then find out what works best for your hair. Because usually, I said women's products are usually better than Mm -hmm. our products. They throw our products together. They give us heavy oils. I said, Mm -hmm. that's the worst thing to put on your face is uh, pore-clogging oil or uh, wave grease. I said, this is Mm -hmm. the the worst thing. (laughs) Man, I try to keep my guys away from wave grease as much as I can. And I said, all you're doing is suffocating your scalp. (laughs)
0: To the self care of Black men, like who is going to educate a man about these types of things? Like, you know, sometimes there aren't these conversations in households uh, as you're growing up to learn about how to take care of yourself women we are often of course given permission to take care of ourselves we have a lot of resources to take care of ourselves there's YouTube tutorials there's all of these black hair care products there's all these women who have created things specialized for us they've even taught us how to tell what type of texture of hair well how our hair coils Um, so we're able to learn that but I know that that's not necessarily I know the information is out there but it's not necessarily communicated in the same way to black men about here's how you take care of you
1: yeah 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 you're right uh it's hard to it's hard especially with men Mm -hmm. because once we get stuck in a way we are stuck in that way Mm -hmm. and and so I have guys I have one guy for years uh he was losing hair Mm -hmm. and I don't do the hair uh, pieces you don't do the yeah, installations yeah. yeah the installations mm-hmm. I, I I I know some people that do and I'll mm-hmm. send them to them mm-hmm. but I don't do them as of yet and I got one guy he's been balding for a while mm-hmm. he has a good head for a bald head mm-hmm. it took me a solid three years
2: mm-hmm. to get
1: him to cut all of it off. Mm-hmm. but he literally had bald spots and he just wanted to cut it low and so when I convinced them, and going back to that beard part, I convinced, the way I convinced them is growing his beard out. Draw the beard out. I said, And so as you grow your beard out, because he kept his beard shadow, mm-hmm. I said, well, you have a full beard. Grow your beard out and just try it one time. So it's already thinning, so let's just try it, mm-hmm. and let's see what it's like. I said, grow your beard out first, and let's see what it looks like. Again, he gets home. His wife sees his bald head and that
0: beard
1: and that beard and he was like i will stay with this look because no unknowingly to him his wife hated the bald head the 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 uh, balding spots yeah yeah and so she was like and to her credit she never made him feel bad about it but the moment he cut it off she was like that's your. Look. I like, the, I like right. this
0: look on you. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's a good example of support. Like all of us struggle yeah. uh, when, when things are outside of our control. Uh, and so when part of your identity is your hair, um, then it can be difficult to let, let that go. Like yeah. you said, for most men, they're like, hey, you know, I, and I, I recognize a lot of men sometimes have done different hairstyles. And so for them to go bald, it's like just variety. Uh, Much like wigs are for women, like just an accessory. So it can be low, it can be long, it can be. But but for some men who have only had their hair in a certain type of style for all of their lives, when they start losing hair, it's like, who am I if I don't have this particular hairstyle? And so for him, it seems like there was a different type of attachment um, and maybe some fear um, about what that would look like. And I know people can get embarrassed, too. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk about some of those things because I know women, we get the shame and the embarrassment. It makes it difficult for us to talk about certain things. Do you feel that's a part of some of the challenges that men experience too? And maybe how is that dealt with in the barbershop
1: space? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I think in the barbershop, men are kind of accustomed to deal with issues as a whole, a little bit. Harder than women, right? And when we talked last time, you said something that was phenomenal, if I can reuse it, that you all are taught to have the emotional care Mm -hmm. that men are not. Well, men are taught to kind of go at men. Like, we share our love Mm -hmm. by talking about you. Like, we don't share our love with another man by saying, hey, man, you look good. Mm -hmm. Man, where do you think you're going? Mm you like... Man, listen, you still look dusty. Like, <laughs> we, we say something like, man, mm-hmm. listen, you know you ugly today, right? And that's mm-hmm. especially after a haircut, a mm-hmm. good haircut. Man, mm-hmm. you ain't got no girls. Like, I don't know why you over here. Mm-hmm. And so we-, we That is your way, that banter, that, that, that the banter jokes, the talking. jabs, the, the, the dozens, so think, if you will. Mm-hmm. If we don't say nothing, mm-hmm. that is when you feel the worst about it. Mm-hmm. Because there's no interaction mm-hmm. with it. I remember I cut the guy, uh, I cut another young man bald. He's young too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, young, uh, probably in his 20s, mm-hmm. but same scenario. Yeah, bald. So, yeah. so finally mm-hmm. he's ready to cut it off. He gets plowed for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. But in the process of clowning him. He is now forced to deal with, deal with it, and mm. to get over it. Mm. And so, trial by is, fire. Yeah, fire, trial by fire. And the truth of the matter is, it was not in the barbershop he got clowned. It was after he left the barbershop. Oh. And so, it's those that he had closest to him mm-hmm. that was telling him, "Man, you need to go ahead and cut that off." That once he cut it off, he was they were getting clowned. And so he came back to the barbershop and I was like, man, listen, I was like, at the end of the day, I was like, which one do you feel more comfortable with? I said, do you feel more comfortable with the beard? And and I, again, going to that beard, that beard is a-, a Beard a is saving girl. lives out it's here. saving lives. I'm like, listen, I said, grow your beard out. He was like, man, listen, I, he said, I'm too young to have a beard. He was like, I'm going to look like old man. I said, grow your beard out. I said, I promise you growing your beard, I was going to offset this bald head. Mm-hmm he got, he has, he has that straighter beard hair. Mm-hmm. His isn't kinky at mm-hmm. all. And so he, he, I'm telling you, once he grew it out, his, his guys like, his guys start messing with him like, Oh, so you're going to grow a beard on. And most of the guys, cause they're in his age group, can't grow a beard like him. Beards, so yes. it, mm-hmm. it gave him a, a level of attack back. Mm-hmm. And so he would say things about, their patches in their beard. Mm. and their beards. And once they tried to say something about his bald head. And so it gave him again. That's that empowerment, that, that self-esteem
0: boost. That, But it also yeah. helped
1: him face the fact mm. because men are trial by fire for the most mm. part. Uh, yeah, we, y'all
0: y'all be savage out here. I've heard oh, y'all do. talk to each other. I'm like, oh.
1: We do, we do. <laughs> we do. I, I mean, it's true. We do. we do. I tell people all the time, I had a young lady come into my barbershop uh, she was sitting down. We were talking about relationships, right? And I'm very respectful when it comes to, not just because I'm a preacher, but my father was one of the first people who started unisex lines. Uh, he was the first in Michigan. There was nobody else who had started unisex salons in Michigan at his time. And so uh, I, was, I grew up around women uh, and men in the barbershop. So I would see both... And he was a beautician and a barber, Mm -hmm. uh, cut celebrities and all, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I would grow up around there. So I'm always sensitive to the most part uh, about who's in my Mm barbershop. But we're in this conversation and we're talking about things that, you know, you just don't do as a woman to a man in the barbershop. Mm-hmm. and so she felt some type of way one of my barbers came back to me she said she can't come back she uh she send her she sends her boys up here but she doesn't mm-hmm. come in I'm like why I was like I just asked he was like because she felt uncomfortable I said why she feel uncomfortable and the conversation was this
2: mm-hmm.
1: the young lady had come into the shop and she was going off on her boyfriend, not boyfriend she was going off on her husband because mm-hmm. of the way he had her boys cut, mm-hmm. and I, I continue to say when the young lady approached me about it, this is, and she was just privy of the conversation we're talking mm-hmm. about. Relationship. I said, my wife has no say about how my boys get their hair cut. Mm-hmm. I said, she. I said, I said, because first of all, as a black man, I know what I expect of my boys, and mm-hmm. I also want them to have a certain level of respect when they go out into society mm-hmm. i said are certain things they just won't have i said i was like and that's just what it is i said so as a father i said now that's me mm-hmm. i said there's other fathers that come in here and they get their kids the boopsie phase. they get their kids they their kids are growing locks i said my sons do not have locks i said uh one reason is i said you got to go through the ugly phase i said everyone who would locks knows about the ugly phase mm-hmm. i said i am not I grew up in a time where the only haircut a black man was getting at the age of 10 was that ball fade mm-hmm. or that even Steve That's mm-hmm. all you were getting. I said, mm-hmm. my sons, they get any style they want,
2: mm-hmm. but they
1: don't have long hair. I said, now, once they get to 18, they're paying for it themselves. Mm-hmm. They made a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. They are known. I said, they're going to be able to have their own style. But I understand as a black man, being stopped by the police, being this. Mm. I said, we already get stigmatized. I said, I don't need to add more stigma to my boys. Mm. I said, so this is me. I said, so as as a father, my wife says nothing to me about how my boys get the haircut. I said, now on the flip side, I said, I have a daughter. Mm -hmm. There are certain levels. When my wife says, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. I said, as long as we don't feel as if it's crossing the line of disrespect to the other, there is no conversation about it. Because as a black woman, she understands certain things. Mm -hmm. I said, she understands bodies. So she understands what a Black girl goes through mm. with her body. I don't. I said, if you had it my way, my daughter would look 12 until she was 20. I said, that's me. I said, that's me. I said, my my wife understands certain things. She used to use it, tell me the story of one of the best presents she got was her first razor. Mm. And, you know, for me, I'm like, that'd be... A, a raise, but for her and one yes. that was different. Absolutely, right? shaving. Yes, yes, that's sir. different. And yeah. so I, and so she felt some type of way because what the other barber told me was she didn't feel that I was giving a clear understanding because her boys had long hair; they had long straight hair at that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. My sons would never have that. Now that was their decision, mm-hmm. and what floats your boat is just fine with me. But the question for me was,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how would you, do you not understand? And I tell them all the time, God gave two parents for a reason. Both have to make a decision.
0: We have to have balance.
1: I said, we have to have balance. Mm-hmm. I said, so when it comes to my boys, I said, when it comes to them getting their haircut. I said, now, mind you, I also cut my boys hair.
0: Yeah, but the, I mean, that's your, you weren't saying that that's what she needed to do. That's how you and your wife and your household. Yeah, oh. Absolutely.
1: And so, and, but what and your conversation?
0: So, it sounds like what your conversation was, was to her was um, that it is demeaning to come in and to say the, to your partner in front of um, the men. the the his his support group, his fellowship, his safe space. Um, essentially, hey, you messed up. Yeah, and, and then, <laughs> let me tell you about yourself. and and
1: and, and it wasn't just to that level. I had an issue with you calling them Hurst, And when she said, how did you cut my son's hair? And this is his boy. Mm. This isn't, this isn't a question of mm. if he's the papa right? Mm-hmm. This is his boy, mm-hmm. but it becomes my son when it's, when it's his hair. Yeah. And, and, and I. Or when and, I'm
0: upset with you about something. And when yeah. you're
1: upset about something. Mm-hmm. And so I, t- I told him, I said, there's a level of ownership, and th- this was a whole conversation, right? Mm-hmm. There's a level of ownership on that child mm-hmm. that is unfair to that that father because this haircut's going to be paid by the father. Mm-hmm. His schooling is paid by the father. This is a good man, works hard. He he was working at the plant in. And, and I got a bunch of guys, so I, no one will know who I'm talking about. But he was working out a plant in another city, mm-hmm. driving home, leave the house early, get mm-hmm. to work, come home at night. He come, coming home to the same woman every night, uh, making sure his boys uh, see him as an active father. And we have the audacity to come into the barbershop with men and say, how did you cut my son's hair mm-hmm. like this? Mm-hmm. And go off on them, and I'm just, there's a certain level of pride as a father.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, as a human being, I as mean, you wouldn't want being, anybody no. to
0: come into a salon, and that's, um, that was a yeah, point. and 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 make disparaging comments about um, how you've parented or what decision you've made uh, with our children. Like, it, like you said, like, certain things are just not meant to be publicly discussed. Yeah, um, you know, if you want to have a conversation with him, that conversation needed to happen at home. It didn't need to happen out here in front of it and that and that uh I think is important for all of us to understand like don't ever put anybody in a situation to embarrass them yeah that yeah. you love and care about calling them out in public arenas and going to their spaces I, that's just that's hurtful and then now I gotta deal with the remnants of that um and then you go on about your your merry way because you've said what you wanted to say and you feel fine but now I've got a Deal with with all of that that comes from that. So yeah, yeah you talk about embarrassment like that would have been incredibly embarrassing to have and, someone. And, and, and that's that. kind of
1: where I stand with the barbershop, right? Mm-hmm. That this is not just a safe space, but it has to be a protected yeah space. Yeah, and so when we're dealing with uh, hair, especially mm-hmm. for men, you're seeing men in their most vulnerable state. Uh, I used to. I used to be of the notion, I'm not this way anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started my barbershop, that it was going to be a barbershop for men and me and men. so.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and one of the reasons were because I understood that being in the salon, a lot of times, uh, and again, I grew up in this, right? Mm-hmm. I would hear the, how men talk about women conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'd be in the beauty salon mm-hmm. hearing how women, women talked mm-hmm. about me. Mm-hmm. And I said, there has to be a place mm-hmm. where there's a freedom to be transparent. Mm-hmm. I said, and where we hold you accountable, not mm-hmm. where you're having everyone else jump on you mm-hmm. to hold you accountable, mm-hmm. but it's allowed to be one way for someone else. Yeah, And so uh, I grew beyond that because what I also wanted was there to be an equal balance of understanding. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the best times we have in our barbershop is when it's men and women in there and we're having an open dialogue mm-hmm. and women are seeing a different side of men mm-hmm. that they don't understand. We had two college girls in uh right before graduation at Tuskegee and uh a couple of guys in there. And so they were asking me a question. They were my customers. Uh, one of them were asking me a question and some of the guys were sitting in there and I said, here's the open, I said, here's an open dialogue for this. I said, uh, can, the whole conversation came up, can a man be a female's friend? Mm. And so the, the they were like, well, this, 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 I believe we can, I believe we can. I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I used to have that same belief. Saying, my best friend, I said, I married her. I said, so, I said, I can't, I said, I'm not a good person for that argument. I said, so let's ask these other guys. Mm-hmm. And so we talked and I said, this is the only way I think a young man, I said, will stay with a young lady as a fee- as a friend. I said, and to be completely platonic. They grew up together like family. I said, and that's just what they've always they known. They don't see each other. They don't see Canada. each other. They've never had a chance of seeing each other. I said, or. And I might get some backlash from some of the folks watching this. Oh I said, Be careful! Be careful! Is just completely unattractive. I, to I knew you were gonna. I said, <laughs> I knew said, you were gonna say that. I said, and the option is not there. That's said, the Garrett's views do not reflect the views of Doctor Tarver. <laughs> <laughs> but here it is. My view was not the only view. When the I had a pack shop at that day, right? Mm-hmm. Packed shop. We had about five guys in there Mm -hmm. outside of my barbers Mm -hmm. i'm telling you every single one of them said the exact same thing. yeah and they said it's even worse if you're an attractive female Mm -hmm. you're an attractive female these are these guys this was Mm -hmm. not me saying this one there's no way that i'm gonna want to just be your friend
2: friend
1: (laughs) yeah unless they're this they're married. Mm-hmm. Get it a boundary. Friends with your mm-hmm. spouse. Mm-hmm. There is something that. Yeah, some boundary it. that it just makes, makes them
0: off limits.
1: And off I, limits yeah. That I'm not going to cross yeah, that. Yeah. And so, me and my wife, we both have, my wife has male friends, but we I'm cool with her male friends. Mm-hmm. She's cool with my female friends. Mm-hmm. But here it is they're both married. All of our friends are mm-hmm. married and mm-hmm. we are cool with one another.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so, you have body. those
1: boundaries
0: in place that stop anything from
1: yeah yeah. yeah, and so that conversation that That sounds like a good conversation but those are conversations Mm -hmm. we have and that's the enjoyment that i have Mm -hmm. in this that we get to bridge two separate worlds that probably would never cross
0: well not in sometimes a respectful space like we know on social media like things can get real ugly as men and women are having dialogue, because on social media you get you would have got eaten up for that unless yeah. they, uh, they're yeah. unattractive yeah. comment. They would they would have taken you. Oh, out they would torn me down. Yeah, yeah, it would it have been over. But when you have an environment that's a respectful environment, it's a safe space. Hey, we're going to honor each other in here, and and this is just us being able to have. A healthy dialogue. We won't always see things the same way, and I think that's part of what makes it safe too. We yeah. don't have to all see it the same way, but yeah. we can have a, a fruitful conversation about it. And I'm sure the ladies left with some insight, and and the fellas left, uh, you know, with some insights as well that, like you said, may not have happened yeah. otherwise. Yeah. 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 All right. I want to switch gears uh, okay. because I do recognize that. Um, in addition to creating this safe space for men, this affirming, empowering space for men, this accountability um, space for men, and, and toughen you up a little bit uh, <laughs> as we as we, uh, play in the dozens with you. But the barbershop also represents, you're a Black male entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So the barbershop also represents, I think culturally and historically, you mentioned your father, um, some roots that I think we oftentimes don't really think about, but other black men get to see you own a business, they get to see this presence that you talked about and how you carry yourself um, and you employ other barbers and, um, you know, it sounds like you still, you have a a component of your barbershop too, where there's women in here as well. So talk a little bit about the role of the barbershop in economic empowerment, in sharing information, disseminating information. I know during political season, uh, oftentimes people are having discussions in barbershops, posting things in barbershops. Talk about the barbershop and what it does for the community in those ways.
1: Well, the barbershop is very similar to the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, we are, we are the center source of a lot of information. Same thing with beauty salons Mm -hmm. for the black community. Uh, when you are wanting to know what's going on in the area, you're going to go to the barbershop. Uh, one of the things that I miss, uh, from post COVID is I'm more of appointments now.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: so I don't have the full community as I used to have of six people waiting in the barbershop conversation going on. But now we're also in such a busy paced world. Most of my clients want to go Mm -hmm. through appointments. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that is the area that I miss, but we're still able to develop that just not as broad as we used to, right? Mm -hmm. We're developing it with um, having multiple barbers in the shop and that conversation going on. But for us as a ch- as a barbershop and that's the reason I say it, it's much like the church, mm-hmm. you have all these opinions. You usually have that main person that's a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that mm-hmm. conversation is what leads and grows. I tell everyone that uh starts working for me. Whenever I hire a new barber, and they're not as pristine with haircuts mm-hmm. I tell them listen make sure you're pristine with conversation because mm-hmm. here's the truth I remember when I first started cutting I started cut, first start cutting hair at 12 years old I st- first start cutting in the barbershop at 15 under mm-hmm. apprenticeship of my father mm-hmm. I was horrible yeah. at nobody's 15. good when they first heard listen listen I was horrible <laughs> at 15. messing up lines I, listen I'm telling you and I horrible now and I know some young men that came in naturally gifted. My little brother was one of them. Mm-hmm. He came in gifted, but man, I, all the talent people see today was my, I'll tell you Practice. where the talent came from. Tell mm-hmm. you where the talent came from. Uh, one day I cut a young man's hair mm-hmm. and I'm thinking I did a good job. It was a temp fail. He cut his hair uh, and I'm sending him out. My dad, he stops the guy. He said, man, who cut your hair? And my dad was not as coof as I am. Uh he is a little bit rougher around the edges, grew up in in, in civil rights area, all, all that. And so um he sees the guy's hair, he said, man, uh they called me little T a little G, because my big brother, I look just like him. Mm-hmm. And my dad, Mr. G. So they were like, little T uh cut my hair. He's like <laughs> in front of a pack shop. My dad said, he ain't cut that ass. <laughs> He said, "Tell my son to get back in here and to make that look good." And it changed my life. Oh wow! And and mind you, my dad was my dad was ruthless with it. Love mm. him to death. Mm-hmm. He is now gone for mm-hmm. from me for about four years, um, but he helped form me mm. because. He did not treat me different. In mm-hmm. fact, he held me to a higher standard.
0: Yeah, I see. He was like, mm-mm, you He's can do like, better than is, that. It,
1: it, you, you can do better than that. Mm-hmm. And to, like, in front of a packed shop, everyone busts all
0: out. I'd have totally. fell, fell to pieces. Oh! oh, listen.
1: And so, you know, and here's the deal. As a boy, I can't fall to peace in a packed barbershop. No, not with, not with all there, these men in here. Yeah, okay, not all well. these men, You know, and, and that was the time that they used some, some words that we cannot say on social media now thank you yeah you get what i'm saying and and (laughs) so uh i went in and Mm -hmm. um i went in i i worked it took Mm -hmm. me a whole hour to get that haircut but it Mm -hmm. was a great haircut and Mm -hmm. after he said said that's what it's supposed to look like and i had to build from that Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so um starting opening my first shop i started my first shop at 18 I opened my second shop here in Tuskegee, mm-hmm. Alabama. Uh, but what it does in empowering the community mm-hmm. is growing up from those ranks. Mm-hmm. I kind of grew up in that era that there still wasn't TVs in the shop. Mm-hmm. Like my dad had TVs in some of his shops, but in other shops, there were no TVs. And I worked in multiple shops. The conversation was all That, you was, that was
0: all the entertainment that That's you needed all entertainment entertainment. To do and so when we,
1: we would have the newspaper we would mm-hmm. read what yeah. was going on in the news mm-hmm. and we would have political conversation mm-hmm. we would decide in the barber shop who folk were voting for mm-hmm. uh prime example during the whole trump era
2: mm-hmm.
1: right uh during the i found out things and would never vote for them that's just i'm putting that out there before anyone hears me and Cancels me for that. Mm. But uh, during the whole Trump era, I did not know that some of the greatest uh, financial achievement for Black colleges came under him. Mm. until I had someone that worked for Tuskegee University within that field Mm. found out. Now, I also know that it was because there were some senators Mm -hmm. that pushed it, and it wasn't because of him. Yeah, it wasn't him. It wasn't Mm. him, but it happened under- During his tenure. During him. And Mm. so these political conversations helped to broaden people's mind, Mm. but also helped to see why other folk, because you had people- that were YouTube scholars, Mm. but you also had people that were Mm well-versed on what was going on and that could help answer questions in there. So I think that dialogue helps. Then seeing that business owner aspect, I think is phenomenal. Um, It's phenomenal to my community, but just being honest, I hold at a higher price how phenomenal it is to my children. Mm. My children... Have a heart for entrepreneurship. My mm-hmm. wife developed um, entrepreneurship, even though it came from her father. Uh, my wife was looking for a nine to five when we first got to married. Mm-hmm. First got married, and she developed as an entrepreneur because for the past now we've been married going on sixteen years, but thirteen years of our marriage, she was a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she has had her business for several years, but financially. She was a stay-at-home mom for about thir- 10 to 13 of those years, right? And to see that I was able to provide for a family of so many people, mm-hmm. that was empowering to other young men. I remember one of the greatest compliments I ever had was one of my barbers who's no longer with me. He went on to do better things. Mm-hmm. He came to me, and he said, Uh, Stephen, his grandfather came into the barbershop. Mm-hmm. Grandfather came into the barbershop. I had no clue of their relationship, didn't know anything about it. Grandfather came into the relationship, into the barbershop, and asked, uh, How's my grandson doing? Uh, he says, He's messing up. This this is this, this. And you know, I'm thinking it's a joke. And I tell him, I said, No, he's one of the best assets I've ever had. Uh, I'm, I'm happy I did this. I'm happy I did this. And I, I, I just talked him up good. And I did not know all of this had happened. The barber was not around when I told him this Mm -hmm. later on at a family cookout. He, his grandfather told him how proud he was of him. Mm -hmm. And it was during some times in his life that he had kind of went uh, away from the regular family structure Mm -hmm. and to hear that he was making his own money, able to provide for his family Mm -hmm. through this business. But then hearing from his own grandfather, and I had no clue. I had nothing to do with it. Mm. He said, "Man, that to this day, that is the greatest thing you could have ever mm. done for me." Mm. He was like, "And because of that, I always have your back because you made my grandfather mm. proud of me." Mm. And 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 so that that ability to empower mm. others, mm-hmm. like I, I I am pleased that the community loving me and showing me love, but to have a young college student come in Mm -hmm. and not be able to take care of themselves without asking mommy and daddy for something. Mm -hmm. And then to come tell me, man, listen, my rent is paid for the year Mm -hmm. because I've been good steward over my money. Mm -hmm. We talk and see in our barbershop, we talk about things that other barbershops, I'm not saying no barbershop talks about it. We talk about things a lot of barbershops may not talk about Mm I am always watching investing, mm-hmm. uh, investing documentaries or investing YouTube shows. Uh, I'm always learning new ways mm-hmm. of handling my money, and then when I learn it, I share, share it. it. Mm-hmm. And so, some of my barbers have went on to do financially way better than me. Mm-hmm. Because they have learned things during that time in the barbershop that they were able to equip at earlier ages mm-hmm. and now they are doing by far mm-hmm. better financially than me because of things that they learned during that yeah. time and so I pride those things I pride yeah. those barbers that I was able to say man listen don't worry about blueprint this week work on your clientele and then mm-hmm. we're going to, to and now I see that they're owning their own successful shop. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are areas that I take pride in because I know that the moment a black man is able to have Mm self-esteem and to feel like he has value because Mm -hmm. we place so much value, whether it is inherently placed on us by others or by ourselves, Mm -hmm. we place so much value on what we're able to give others For them to feel like they have value, changes a family structure. Mm-hmm. Most men, and I, I can tell you this from hearing it from other brothers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they step away from family structures because they don't feel like the they family like is that. benefiting yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. And so, for this guy to feel like he is needed, mm-hmm. there's a uh, there's a conversation I heard the other day, and I'll let you ask whatever else. But there's a conversation I heard the other day that I think was powerful. Young lady said, I don't want to, I don't know why men feel they need to be needed instead of wanted. Mm. And I said, and i I told somebody, I said, because needed is where we've always been placed in Mm -hmm. value. Mm -hmm. I said, wanted means you can put, there's a day you don't want. Mm. I said, and we have always been placed Mm -hmm. in that. I said, so for a man, needed is necessary. Mm. I said, and, and needed doesn't have to be financial need. Mm-hmm. need can, and that's for anybody. Mm-hmm. I think everybody who oh, yeah. has sense, it mm-hmm. may be used differently wording, but everybody to a sense wants to be needed. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be needed. No, no. I mean, at the end of the day, I've seen women that could not cook at all, learn how to cook because their men go over to their mom's house Hmm. mama knows how to cook he's still with you he wants you he took you without knowing how to cook but i've seen women that Mm -hmm. have learned how to cook Mm -hmm. just because they're like i want to feel this place that you have placed somebody else in but that's same thing for for men we we want to feel protectors we want to feel like providers even if you don't needed it financially? Mm-hmm. I tell anybody. My wife could. My wife can make open money, mm-hmm. uh, but I still will. I will still work. Like for mm-hmm. me, in me, it's self-satisfying yeah. for mm-hmm. me to be able to know that I am able to stand mm-hmm. without having to solely depend mm-hmm. on her. So mm-hmm. I think that 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 is one of the greatest things that the barbershop offers, mm-hmm. giving men that self-identity that yeah. work there.
2: Yeah,
0: which is why it's so important that people not come in and and violate a man in that space. In this space, you get to be empowered.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we
0: don't want anything coming in this space that could tear you down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I know I have 50 more questions, but uh, I like to be mindful of the time. So I know that you have a podcast. Tell our audience about how they can access that podcast.
1: So uh, our podcast is on uh, YouTube. Uh, at Pastor Stephen K. Garrett. Uh, I am so grateful. We actually launched our first episode yesterday. Uh, You can find it on YouTube. You can also find it on Facebook uh, at Stephen Garrett. Uh, I am grateful for what we're doing with that. And what we're doing is really bridging the gap for those that are in leadership that are Black men. I think we have a lot of views from social society that says, this is what a black man looks like. And I want to change the narrative of what black leaders look like. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so give give them a chance to tell their story. And then also allow the narrative to be uh, approached from their perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're always told what we are. I want them to say what they are. So I've gathered some of my brothers that are pastors, business leaders, uh, that hold the position of not only authority but hold the position of responsibility uh, to come on and tell their story, and so it's a way to document the sages of the, our time and to the up and coming, uh, uh, the up and coming leaders that are coming up.
0: All right, so give them to it one more time. The name is
1: Pulpit View. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, my name is Stephen K. Garrett. That's where you're going to find it, Pastor mm-hmm. Stephen K. Garrett on YouTube, Stephen Garrett, on Facebook, uh, you'll see this face on all of them. Uh, You'll find us every Monday, every Monday, every Monday, every Monday, and I am grateful of what we're accomplishing right now. We just launched the first episode uh, yesterday, and I kind of told Dr. Tarver, the headache we had in that, but uh, we're grateful that everything came into fruition and that we're up and going.
0: I want to thank you, Pastor Garrett, for coming on Tea Time, but also for the work that you're doing in the community for creating platforms where Black men can be empowered, can share uh, their wisdom and knowledge with other Black men, can continue to be affirmed and needed, and valued, um, and continue to be of value, Uh, those platforms are very important, and you're right, there are so many people that attempt to tell a Black man who a Black man is, we all know that the story is always better if it comes from the person that it's about, Mm
1: -hmm. so I
0: thank you for giving those opportunities for people who might not otherwise have a voice in the same way, so we appreciate you. I want to let everyone know that we have one last episode of Tea Time with Dr. Tarver in this June series, which will be next Tuesday, the 28th, 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time, men at the Cross, Pastors in Mental Health with Reverend J.H. J. Flakes III. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that that's actually how uh Pastor Garrett and I got connected was through Reverend Flakes. So I think it's full circle that he end up being the person that's gonna close out this series as we talk about black men in their mental health and wellness. So thank you all for joining Tea Time with Dr. Tarver. And as always, be well, everyone.
1: Amen. Amen. Can I tell say one more thing before we- You most certainly can. Off? Thank you so much for what you do. Uh, it is phenomenal. Uh, I was telling Dr. Tarver before we came live how awesome she was when she came on my show. Uh, but it is amazing that we have people that are highlighting these issues. And I just wanted to say thank you for having me and allowing me to share in that story.
0: Absolutely, it's been my pleasure and you were the right person at the right time. So uh, we talked about that that being kindred spirits. Sometimes you just find folks um, that you connect to that are doing this good work out here and we know this work is needed. So I thank you again for being on Tea Time with Dr. Dr. Tarver. And of course, I'll see you again. Hi. So everybody take care. Be well. Have a good evening, Pastor. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye.